From Nashville, Tennessee, Southwestern Family of Companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, we share insights and inspiration from movers and shakers in the world of business. Our goal is to help you increase your self-discipline, overcome procrastination, and help you to take action on all the things that really matter. Zig Ziglar. Have you ever heard that name before? What a great man. What a legacy. Unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago, but uh, but today we have the CEO of the Ziglar family on the show to talk about part of Zig's philosophy and, and part of his philosophy, uh, his philosophy, Mark is his name, uh, about running your family more like a business and talking about what if we treated our families with the same level of intention that we treated our businesses, what kind of transformation would, would happen if we did that? And then at the end, uh, I will, of course, share with you my big highlights and takeaways for me personally, but also I'm going to flip the script and I'm going to share with you five ways to improve your business by running your business um, like a family. So instead of running your family like a business, which is what Mark is going to talk about and I'm going to interview him about, is we'll talk about also then running your business more like a family and how the, the juxtaposition of these two ideas can really create some magic. So if you are somebody who... Um, you know, struggles because you care so much about your family and and you want to provide for your family, but you're also like caught and torn between doing a great job at work. Uh, This is a fabulous episode for you. It's going to help you sort of pull these two ideas together. So I think you're going to enjoy it. Tune in. So glad you're here. We'll get started just after this message. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Coaching. Southwestern Coaching has helped over 11,000 people increase their incomes by over 25% on average. As a successful salesperson, you know the importance of increasing your sales, but sometimes you might just need a little extra push and accountability to meet your goals and grow your business. Southwestern Coaching will help you increase your income through one-on-one sales and leadership coaching tailored specifically to your needs. Together, we will elevate sales. To schedule your free one-on-one business action planning session with a Southwestern coach, go to www.southwesternconsulting.com forward slash action catalyst. This past fall, uh, a gentleman that you are about to meet named Mark Tim took over as CEO of the Ziegler family. And he is a serial entrepreneur himself. And when I learned about Mark, I was like, oh, yes, this is a no-brainer. We have to have him on the show. He has a very diverse background. He's worked for the White House, uh, FFA in uh, the USA Today, and has done all these different things. He's run his own business. And uh, his specialty is sort of talking about the convergence of business life and home life. And it's rooted in a lot of the similar philosophies as the Ziegler's. And so anyways, I'm excited to introduce to you, Mark Tim. Mark, welcome to the show. I'm excited to be here. How cool for you to step in as the CEO and and you know be forwarding the legacy. And I have to say, Mark, like as soon as I heard your story, I was like, I need to take personal advantage of a free coaching call here with you because I have a seven-week-old. My wife and I have our first baby, and I know you have six. And so I just was like, yeah, I, I, need, to, I need to get inside your brain and get some advice here. 
Well, I'll tell you where my story really goes. I, I tip my hand that obviously Mr. Ziegler played a role in my life when I was 15. I got to meet him personally when I was 19. He invited me down to his family. I met the redhead. I attended Born to Win at 19 years old. And he planted mm-hmm. seeds in me that continued to grow my whole life. And I used those seeds to be successful at work. And really, I defined myself by my success at work. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've grown significant businesses to six, seven, eight figures. I've sold businesses. I actually sold a business eight years ago and then turned around and bought it back and then sold it the next day. And so much of who I am was defined by my work. And I could see where I was winning at work But I also knew something significant was missing in my life. And that was I could make decisions with confidence and clarity, like a 100 decisions a day with confidence and clarity. And I literally couldn't drive the last third of a mile up my driveway because I knew the first decision that I was going to be faced with, I would stumble and fumble over it. I didn't have that confidence and clarity at home. And what I found is, is that I wasn't alone. There's so many successful entrepreneurs, business people, managers that are winning at work and they're winning in their business, but they're not winning at home. And we were in this similar boat and I really started taking inventory and I started looking at what made me successful at work and could that translate to home and that's where I reconnected back with Zig Ziglar. And I said, I'm using so much of what this, this awesome man put in my life. Could I then transfer that back to home? And it really happened like one of those true tipping moments, epiphanies, just all the stars lined up as I'm sitting on that last third of a mile one day. And I said, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What if the most valuable business that I will ever ever be a part of, that I will ever found, that I will ever run, that I will ever manage? What if it was the one I was coming home to every day instead of the one I was going to every day? And that's what... That was it. That changed everything. So, and I think it's... You say that, like, I think we hear that tongue in cheek, like, oh, hey, like I've even, I've even said uh, anyone who runs a household runs a business like that was. um, But when I heard your story, like we say that tongue in cheek, like, oh, it's, it's the same. You've actually set this up in a business (laughs) structure. Like you actually have all six kids are shareholders, as I understand it. Like, Like, so talk us through like. Because you're not talking about like metaphorically speaking, your family is a business. You've actually taken this a step further, and I'm <laughs> I'm curious and fascinated about what's the structure like. Yeah, no, I it was it was all or nothing. That's I'm that's the kind of business guy I am. If I'm going to go in, if I'm going to start a business, I go all in, and I wasn't all in at home, and that was part of the challenge. So when I had this idea and I ran it by my wife, and and I think she just said yes, not because she understood anything I was talking about, but because she saw me passionate and excited for our family. And so she's like, yeah, let's do it. And so what that meant was I went out the next day and I legally incorporated our family. Now, I'm not telling anybody that's listening to this, they need to do this, okay? You can you can incorporate your family without doing it the way I did. But if you go into the registry, you're going to find 2B Tim's LLC. That's the number two, the letter B, Tim's our last name, LLC. It is a real corporation with real shareholders. And guess what? I own the same amount of shares as my youngest child because we're all in it together. And so 
once I formally established our family as a business, then I started to look at what successful practices did I use in business to be successful and apply them at home. And that's where, you know, I've coached and surveyed families out there, business people, and 98.5% of all of them raise their hand and say, my family is the most important thing in my life next to my faith, but they don't have anything to back it up. It's a metaphorical, to use your words, statement or raise of the hand. So one of the things, and let's just go with something super simple, is family meetings. I can't function in my business without meetings. I mean, you know, I, we, don't, we don't have meetings about meetings, but we meet intentionally about what we're going to get done. We weren't meeting on purpose as a family. We weren't talking on purpose. We were just mm-hmm. casually catching each other in the hallways or around the dinner table. We started having regular family meetings where we were talking about the business of our family. What do we stand for? Who are we? Where are we going as a family? Where are we struggling? How are we going to get there? What goals do we have as a family. And we started doing it on a regular basis and it had a huge difference. And so you say to yourself, can something that simple really move the needle that much? Are you kidding me? Families don't talk to each other intentionally on purpose about stuff that really matters the way we do in business. And so you start doing something like that on a consistent basis. And we did ours every Sunday night. And next thing you know, we're doing presentations. We went through the five love languages. We did disc training as a family all during these family meetings. We did a series of 21 weeks where we did 21 character traits. I had kids that were doing PowerPoint presentations on generosity and, and honesty. And by the time it was over, they had embedded videos in Prezi presentations like you would see in a business, you know, setting on character traits, on on mercy and grace. And so not only were we growing as a family, but we were giving our kids real skills that they're going to use for the rest of their life. And we were doing it through this intentionality of family meetings. And that's just one thing that we did. And that's one thing everybody listening here can start doing tomorrow. Wow. I mean, that is, I mean, it's kind of like like anything, right? It's kind of like, wow, that's obvious. But it's also like, Wow, I never would have thought about sort of doing it that way. It reminds me, I read uh, in Dr. Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he tells a story about where they had a family meeting and they laid out all the expenses, all the monthly expenses and all the chores that needed to be done. And they said, okay, as a family, we're going to divide up and here's all the bills that need to be paid and here's all the chores that are going to be done. And uh, I guess Dr. Covey was like, okay, I'll take... He's like, who wants to pay for the mortgage? <laughs> and like everyone's like, well, no. And like he's like, okay, well, I'll take care of the mortgage. So then the rest of you can divide up the rest of these uh, chores around the house. And, well, but uh, that's a that's a great example. I love that story because now, granted, my my kiddos are a little older than yours, and so we did different means of financial accountability when we started this. But when they got old enough. We sat down, my wife and I, and figured out exactly what we're spending on our kids every single month. They all Mm. now have checkbooks and debit cards, and we deposit that amount into their account, and they spend and buy everything that we were spending and buying for them, with the exception of food you know, in the house. Now, outside of the house, they buy their own food because we budgeted that into there. They buy their own clothes. They pay for their stuff at school, you know, every single thing. And it has been, I mean, it has been one of the coolest things we've ever done with our kids because our kids are going to leave our house able to balance a budget, manage a credit card, you know, do, you know, have a budget, by the way, 
and they're going to know that you can't spend more than you take in, or, or if you do, you've got to do extra chores and extra jobs to earn that money. And the biggest thing it's done is just given them appreciation for what real life expenses are. And these are the same kinds of things we do in business, we do with our employees. We just never think about doing it at home. But the best part of all, here's the pixie dust to everything I'm telling you. Here is the magic, okay? Because I can sit here and give you all these great ideas that we're doing as a family, our, our family as a business. But what really happens is it gives us a reason to talk about it. And that's what families aren't doing anymore. They're not talking. And so I've had more financial conversations with my 16-year-old in the last year since we implemented this new strategy than I had with them in the first 15 years of their life because we have a reason to talk about it. Either they ran out of money that month or they want to buy something big and they don't know how to save for it. It doesn't matter. We just talk about finances a lot. And it means that they're going to be okay when they leave our house because we've talked about it a lot and it gives us a safe reason to do that. So that's just one example, again, of, of implementing things you already know. And that's the that's one thing I want everybody listening here, and you included, you already know what you need to know to be successful at home if you're successful somewhere else. If your business is going well, then you can apply what you need. So you don't have to follow everything I'm doing. Just look at what you're doing well and apply that back to your home life. And that's where it starts to really make sense and take off. Mm-hmm. How old, just quick question, like how old do you start? You, you say you figured out how much you're spending on them anyway, which I think is cool. It seems like a very Dave Ramsey-esque thing to do. It's just like deposit some money in there and then they're in charge. Like what age do you start doing that? So we decided that uh, when they become teenagers, they're old enough for that kind of responsibility because they, they've got this inner switch that flips that says, I want to be older than I really am. And so the, one of the easiest ways is to give them some responsibility, you know, in that whole equation. And finances is one of those. And so we found that this kind of thinking can be implemented at about 13 years old. Now, prior to that, we used a non-money system of marbles. And you can read about that if you go to marktim.com or ZieglerFamily.com and you download some of the blog stuff I've posted about this. And so, you know, but we used non-dollar monetary system of marbles. And so you can start teaching your kids about financial accountability when they're five, six years old. You just shouldn't be using real money because it doesn't, isn't really relative and they lose it and it becomes a problem. But once they get to be a teenager, they're ready to actually start spending um, their own money, paying for their own things. And then obviously we give our 18-year-old gets more than our 13-year-old. And once they get the license, they get more. So it's all relative in that scale of things. But but teenage years, that's when you start handing them a little more responsibility because they're looking for it. And if you don't, then it causes some frustration in the family if you're kind of holding them back. So give them natural stuff like this. And and, and then if they fail, what's the, what's the harm in a 13-year-old failing one month financially? I mean, they, nobody's repossessing their car. You know, a lot I mean, less than have a thirty-year-old going bankrupt. Yeah. You know? So, so they learn some hard lessons. I mean, we've had kids run out of money in the middle of the month, and they had important stuff to pay for. Listen, we never got more chores done in our life than when that happens because they learn the only <laughs> way you get more money is to work for it. You know, so when it happens, and it always happens, we kind of we count on one or two kids running out of money. Otherwise, stuff wouldn't get done around our place. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, do they like? So, they pay their own car insurance and like. 
like your 18 year old absolutely their own car insurance the car payment whatever like that's the natural stuff i mean you know the the basic stuff that you know car insurance um none of them have a car payment so but they they pay car insurance because that's that's real and so they pay for their own gas you know when they get a driver's license and you know when they're before they have a driver's license they're paying for clothes they're paying for activities you know and so and they learn that the busier they are the less time they have to earn extra money so they have to budget you know better and they do budgets i mean it's just you know that's that's a lot of you know a lot of what they do and they set goals you know that's one thing that you know that we we're big on is they set goals once a year um we actually use michael hyatt's goal setting program and we we go through it as a family we do it all together in one single day and so so our kids you know they know how to set goals and they know how to achieve them and they fall short. They don't always get them. But that's, you know, let me, let me go and say, I'm back to this metaphorical thing. I want to go back to that for a second. Because so many families listening say, you know, oh, my family is important. I know they're important. But this is where you start to really do some inventory like I was doing of, of where do my actions line up with that. And I'll bet you most of the people listening here have mission statements in their business or they work for a business that has a mission statement. I was at a conference recently with hundreds of business people and I said, how many of you have a mission statement in your company or work for a company that has a mission statement? And they all raised their hands. I said, okay. And I'd already asked them how important their family was. And some of them raised two hands. Like I had uh, 300 people there and I had 600 hands in the air. Everybody was like, I love my family. And I said, okay, so all of you have mission statements in your work and business, but how many of you have a written down mission statement for your family? And like every hand went down, but like four. And what that says is, is that we wouldn't function in a business, like we wouldn't even start a business without a mission statement, because the mission statement tells us where we're going and where our priorities should be. And it helps us make decisions, tough decisions sometimes when we've got, you know, in a crux in the road, but we don't use that same logic at home. And so our family now doesn't say yes to everything because we go back to our mission statement and say, does this fit who we are as Tim's? The 2B Tim's mission statement is love God, live right, and lead all out. And so if you can't point to where this is helping us accomplish our mission statement, then we're not doing it. And it makes it easier to make decisions. And and yet, as a family, you know, it's so important that we have this target. You know, Zig Ziglar used to, you know, used to give all these great stories about having a target and you know, and about, you know, the famous archer, you're familiar with that story. And, but you, he used to say, you can't hit a target you don't have, or you can't hit a target you don't see. And so many families don't have a target that they're even shooting for. They're just in that survival mode. And that's what we're doing at Ziegler Family. That's where you connect my passion for families with Zig Ziegler's time-tested proven wisdom. Now, we are helping families be more, do more, and have more of everything that they ever dreamed for their family. So coming back to the meeting concept, um, you you say that the greatest change happens at the dinner table. And so you mentioned the Sunday night meeting, which I think is super practical. You mentioned the the you know some of these other things, the goal setting and whatnot. But what do you when you say the greatest change happens at the dinner table? So what does that mean? And also when I think about today's like modern family, I go like, what dinner table? Like usually, you know, one kid's off over here doing you know at work, one's over there, like one, you know one's at the friend's house. Like so, talk about the dinner table. Sure. Well, I, I'm not I'm not an advocate to say you got to be eating dinner together. Um, you you know, seven days a week. I don't want anybody to hear that. But my favorite quote by Mother Teresa is, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. 
And so the dinner table is however you define it. Okay. Last night, the dinner table was a restaurant outside of our home. And the night before, we actually, we didn't have all the kids. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's rare that we have all of our kids around the dinner table because they're so busy and so we can't sit there and wait. And so my point is, is that whenever you're together, if you're at a fast food restaurant, if you're at home, if you're, if you picked up dinner on the way home and you're eating it together, my point is this, when you are together, don't miss that opportunity to get something out there on the table to talk about something meaningful. And if we are able to have one topic of meaningful conversation every time we sit down and talk, then that's a huge win. And in fact, cumulatively, you know, again, I, I love so many Zig Ziglar stories, but he used to say tornadoes and hurricanes get all the press in the media. But the most physical damage that's done in this country every year is termites. And they do it one little bite at a time, and they do far more damage than tornadoes and hurricanes. Well, I'm here to tell you, to take your family where you want it to go, it's not going to be the, the tornado or the, the big, huge win that you're looking for. It's going to be one bite at a time. And so, so there is a metaphorical element of what I'm saying around the dinner table because it doesn't matter to me how you eat or commune as a family. What matters is, is that are you going to take one bite out of the, out of, out of moving in the right direction, out of, you know, thriving by having some meaningful dialogue and communication? Or is everybody going to be sitting there with their cell phones looking at social media or whatever and next thing you know the meal's over and you've missed that one chance to be together as a family if it's in the morning if it's at night whenever it is that's what i'm talking about about around the dinner table and if you're fortunate enough to be able to eat around the dinner table as a family every night then go get them don't waste that but also don't try to talk about 20 different things pick one thing that you'd like to have a meaningful conversation of and know that you're making a cumulative huge difference in your family so do you have like a list or like what, how do you, when you say talk about one meaningful thing, do you pick a topic like generosity and like, hey, we're going to talk about generosity tonight or do you just kind of free flow it about we, whatever? But, but We do that. So we do, the list happens in the family meetings. We're real intentional about that. If we're doing character traits, we stay on that. If we're doing the love language, we stay on that. If we're doing the disc, we stay on that. You know, whatever it is during family meetings is a little more regimented. But at night, we try to feel it out. We try to be, we try to be really, really in the moment of maybe there's some big issue going on at school. And so we're able to talk about it. I mean, you know, we, we, we had, uh, our kids happen to go to public school, but my, my wife also homeschooled when they were younger. So we've got this debate. And so the other night around the dinner table, we just had a huge debate about homeschool and public school. And guess what? Nobody was right or wrong. Everybody had an opinion. Everybody was heard. And it was just this incredibly healthy debate that how are our kids going to learn? if we're not willing to talk about these kinds of things. And in the end, nobody walked away saying, I'm right or you're right. It just was everybody shared what they knew and what they you know, had, had could bring to the table. And it was just my wife and I walked away and said, well, that was a good conversation. We didn't walk away going, well, they, we, we convinced them that our way is the right way. You know, We just had a really great conversation. Now they're thinking. And so if we can teach our kids to think and to look at different perspectives, that's, that sets them up for success. And, and really, Okay, you've got a you've got a young one at home. So you got to know right now your job is not to raise a good kid. 
Your job is to raise a good adult. Your job is to raise a good father, a good friend, a good husband. You know, that's your job. And so too many times today, I think we think our job is just to raise good kids that, that get good grades and people say good things about. But are we preparing them to be great young adults to be on their own? And that's a completely different strategy. And that's one that we've embraced in our family business, that it's not our business to just have good kids. It's our business business to raise good young adults. And we're very intentional about it. And we tell our kids that. So I want to, uh, one other question to ask you before we do that, I knew the time would fly by. It has, um, Mark, where should people go? Obviously they can go to uh, Ziegler.com or ZieglerFamily.com. Is that, or where, where else yeah. should they go? Well, ZieglerFamily.com is loaded with resources. There's over 50,000 families there that are, that are on the journey to being more intentional. And by the way, we need to be on the journey with families who want to be, do, and have more because we, we don't want, we're not, we don't want to ask advice from families or connect with families that are going the opposite direction. So we want to be thriving with families. So Ziegler Family is a great place, but I also want to throw out there the seven day challenge. We had some of your friends were on the seven day challenge. We had Michael Hyatt on the seven day challenge. We had Dave Ramsey on the seven day challenge. And that was seven days of intentionality, seven days where families experienced a win each day for seven days. Now in sports, if you get seven wins in a row, that's a winning streak. And so we really created a winning streak amongst a lot of families. And that seven day challenge is still going on. So anybody listening can go to seven day challenge.com. That's the number seven day challenge.com. And by virtue, it'll connect you with Ziegler family. But if you just go to Ziegler family, you'll kind of have to find the seven day challenge. I, I'd like to just send you to the seven day challenge. Take the seven day challenge with your family. It costs nothing, totally free. You're going to listen to some of the world renowned experts in seven key areas of family life and your family will be motivated, inspired, and you're going to want to keep that winning streak alive. And they can even text 44222 uh, and they can put in uh, seven day family. That's number seven or, or the word seven day family and get started with the seven day challenge right as they're listening to this on their phone. Four, four, two, 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 seven day family in the, in the actual subject line and, and they'll be in. And I mean, I want every family to take the seven day challenge. And so just the last question about the business, you know, like um, in terms of maximizing, I know that, uh, you know, one of the big practices you talk about is maximizing family resources. And so there is there like a profit distribution or like uh, like something at the end of the year that you guys do? I was just kind of curious about. Well, so you know. we don't have a profit distribution, but what we do is we talk about maybe a goal that we have as a family, like something we want to do, and we involve them like a vacation in, or something yeah, like that. So, so for example, and I know this is you know this took years to plan, but it was a big part of our family meetings. We wanted to go on an RV trip around the country, and so we went on an eight week. 8,000 mile RV trip and every kid had to really work hard to make that happen and plan out the trip and, and have jobs to get ready for it and so it, it ended up being a phenomenal coaching, teaching moments and really family bonding to even pull the trip off and so you know now they're wanting to you know they're wanting to go on this you know to a uh, to do another trip and so we're talking about what would be involved in that how much would it cost and what can we do to to make that because if they 
they've got skin in the game, if they understand, you know, what's involved, and it's not that my wife and I might not be able to afford it. It's just any time in life, whether it's with your family or business, when there's skin in the game and they've got some, you know, they've got some equity invested in it, they're more plugged in, they're more all about it. You know, I mean, listen, every kid got to pick a geographic area in the country on this RV trip that we had to go. And it made for a lot of extra miles to do this. But let me tell you something, when we got to their place and they had planned it out, done the research, they were ready. I mean, they were so excited about the whole family, like it came to life through them versus if we had planned the whole thing out and just drug them along on this and we got to each place, they'd be like so tired of it. It'd be like wah, wah, wah by the time it was over. But each place we got to, someone else had planned it and thought about it and they were excited. And so we just had this over and over, you know, someone got to be super excited about it. It wasn't just mom and dad. And so, you know, but, but that happened through our family meetings and that happened through a lot of intentionality, but it's all about teachable moments. If you can create reasons to converse, reasons to teach your kids, that's a whole lot better than kind of cramming down wisdom down their throat. They choke on it versus, you know, I like to say it's, it's caught more than it's taught. And, you know, and that's, that's the reality of, of families is, is that philosophy. I love it. Well, Mark, it's good to connect with you, man. And I'm, I'm so glad that you are helping forward the, the Ziegler family legacy and Mr. Zig, who, of course, has touched so, so many people. And so keep doing what y'all are doing. Kind of an interesting expertise and story about wrapping up your your family as a as a business, in this case, literally incorporated as a business. And like always, I'm going to package up here my biggest learning points of what I took away. And then I am going to, what I thought would be cool is I'm going to share with you, since he talked about how to run your family like a business, I'm going to share five ideas for running your business more like a family. And we'll wrap with that. But the you know, these things that he was talking about that he was sort of promoting, it's it's kind of like, well, gosh, duh, like, why haven't we done this? Why are we not, why are we not doing this? Because these are simple ideas that uh, apply just to working in teams of people. And obviously, it's like, what team is more important than your family team? And so, uh, in terms of the action items for me, so number one is having a mission statement as a family like having a mission statement as a family. That is so powerful. The second thing is giving their kids the accounts to pay their own stuff, right? I mean, that's just like awesome and you know powerful and also probably inconvenient in the short term, but what a payoff in the long run. The third thing was having Sunday night team meetings. Yeah, like you can't, how do you, how do you run a business? Like how do you run a team without ever communicating with your team? Yet in the families, we do that all the time. We go weeks without ever talking and really seeing each other. So Sunday night team meetings, I thought that was, I thought that was cool. And then number four, doing goal setting once a year, right? Like you would never run a business without creating a budget for the year, without setting out targets and having objectives or like that each team is pursuing. Yet with our families, we just kind of like, always like go on the fly with the seat of our pants. And, and I thought that was cool to go, okay, we're going to sit down as a family and we're going to go through this and we're going to create individual goals and, and team goals, which is what also leads to number five. I thought that was cool about giving everyone a role. And like when they were planning their vacation, everybody had a role. Everybody had something that they were doing. And, and all of this is like creating more buy-in of, in who we are as a, a family and, 
you know, running your family more like a business. So I don't know if we're going to incorporate as a family. That's a pretty radical idea, but kind of a cool, kind of a cool thought to, uh, to noodle on. But these other things make a tremendous amount of sense. And we're going to, we're going to, you know, maybe we'll do all of them. I, I'm going to talk, th- talk it through, but, um, to sort of flip the perspective on this, as I was reflecting back on kind of like what I was learning, you know, from Mark is I thought it'd be also cool to to think about how would, what if we ran our business more like a family, right? So sort of flipping what he was talking about in terms of running our family more like a business. What if we ran our, what would happen if we ran our business more like a family and doing the reverse? And so here's five things that I think would make a drastic difference in most businesses if we flipped the perspective, if we ran our business more like a family. So number one, you would give special attention to new team members, right? That is what we would do. I mean, there's, there is no doubt about it that, that, that the newborn, the infant gets the special attention in the family. They, you have to, they, they need it to survive. Well, that is exactly the same as a new person on your team. They need that attention. And it's like, we can't be frustrated that somebody that we hired needs more time and they need more attention and they, 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 they need more resources because it's like, that's like a new member of the family. They need to, they need to know how it works. You need to be there to help them. And, and so are you giving special attention to your, your new team members? And you think about like, you know, when you feed a baby, it's every couple hours. And, and, you know, gosh, I'm thinking about that. I go, golly, are we and are our leaders and am I spending enough time with the new people coming into our business? And probably similar to how, you know, obviously I don't have teenagers yet, so I'm not the expert on this, but I would assume it's like, if you don't spend time with the kids when they're young, then they grow up to be these problem children later on. Well, it's probably the same thing, right? Like if you don't spend time with your team members when they're new, then they 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 grow up, they turn out to be like, you know, these they don't they're not indoctrinated with your philosophies and they're not trained and they're not competent or they they burn they quit and they leave because they don't know they don't fit in and what to do. So give special attention to new team members. Number two, celebrate milestones and achievements. Celebrate. I don't think there's enough celebration that happens in business. I think too often it's like, oh, okay, great. You hit your target. That's great. What are you doing next month? Right? Like, well, okay, okay, cool. So you had a great year. All right, let's talk about next year. And I certainly don't have any issue with always improving and growing, but I think there's probably room for us to say, hey, let's spend a little more time celebrating. Like, let's celebrate people's anniversaries here. Let's throw a party. Like, let's let's be aware of when our the people we work with are having babies and getting married, and let's make them special and when they're having birthdays. And also when they break records, and what are we doing to make them feel valued and important and not just like, okay, hey, give me the update. What's the status update on that project? Or, you know, where are you at with your, you know, compared to hitting your budget or your quota or your goals? And, and, let's celebrate. I mean, could you imagine if as a family, you never had holidays, you never had birthdays, you never went out to dinner together because all you did was the same monotonous routine like over and over. We have to celebrate in business, I think. So I thought that was one of the things that came to my mind. The third thing in terms of how to run your business more like a family is to provide for them and to keep them safe. 
right? Like if you think about what does it mean to be a parent, and this is just really salient for me right now. It's very noticeable. This is like very much in the forefront of my mind is that providing for my son, who's a few weeks old here, it's just like he he cannot function without me, really without his mom. <laughs> he could he could probably be okay without me, but he needs me too. And in and but it's like we're we're working together as a team to provide for him and to keep him safe. And like that's what we do. And that's where that that love and that bond comes from is like looking after this person that's in your care, this baby that's in your care. But how many times in businesses are leaders trying to cut down the people on their team because they're threatened that the person on their team might, you know, surpass them? Or how many times does the leader just ignore the people on their team because it's like, oh, I'm too busy, you know? And it's like with a baby, it's like, you can't do that. Like the baby will die. Well, I think that's the same thing that happens in businesses. We have team members that die. Their loyalty to us dies. Their faithfulness, their commitment, their buy-in, it dies. And it's easy for the leader to go, oh, well, gee, you know, they're uncommitted or they have a bad attitude. And sure, sometimes maybe that's true, but I bet you in a lot of those cases, it's because that person doesn't feel safe. They don't feel provided for. The leader never looked out for them. The leader was looking out for themselves. The leader was was only thinking about what how they could advance and 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 they weren't they weren't looking at their team as people they could care for they were looking there's their team as as like shoulders that like they might stand on or or you know something like that i don't know if that's the perfect metaphor but the idea is provide for them the people who are in your care look out for them keep them safe do what you can to enrich their lives that's how you build loyalty that's how you build trust that's what leadership is uh and you know if you if you've never read leaders eat last that is um fabulous book by simon sinek he really talks about sort of some of the neuroscience around that and and leadership at the core of leadership is looking out for other people and I think it's such an important message because so many times we get promoted to become the leader by being successful. Like we were looking out for ourselves, taking care of ourselves, not in a negative way, not in a, not in a selfish way, just a self-centered way. And that's what, that's what creates achievers, right? It's like you take care of business. You take care of what you need to get done. You do things with excellence. That's how you become a leader. But it's such a, a good case of what got you here as a performer won't get you there as a leader because then you have to switch to, you, you know, there's like a, a, a switch that has to happen where you go, okay, I, now my job is taking care of other people, is looking out for them. And that's, that's running your business more like a family. Number four, train and develop your people. You have to train and develop your people. In a family, right, you have to train them. You have to teach them how to tie their shoes. You have to teach them how to get dressed. You have to teach them how to brush their teeth. Like you have to teach them everything. But in business, we hire somebody that has a resume and then they come in and we just go, okay, you know, here you go, boom, go do it. And there's just, there's no training. There's no education. There's, there's, there's no formal like onboarding process. It's amazing. And even in big businesses, um, and then, you know, especially in small businesses, it's hard. You're just pulled in a lot of directions, but even it doesn't matter. Like we can all use the excuse of not having enough time, but, but training your people is how you multiply time, right? You spend time on things today that give you more time tomorrow. Well, training your people is, a, is like one of the most powerful ways to multiply your time. And if you don't have the time to train them or you don't have all the knowledge to train them, 
then bring someone else in to help, right? Like get them a coach with us, get them books, get them hooked onto blogs and podcasts, like whatever you got to do, like you got to train them. You have to develop them. That's what we would do with our family members. We have to do the same thing with our team members. And then number five, in terms of running your business like a family, is that you would care about them because they are yours and not because of what they can do for you. If, if you are leading your team, you're running your business like a family, you would be caring for them because they are yours, just because they're your people, they're your family, not because of what they can do for you. What if we just cared about them just because they were ours, just because God had placed them in our purview, just because somehow they showed up and they were, they were, they were in our flock and we cared about them just because they were ours. That is what leadership looks like. That is running your business more like a family and not because of what they can do for you. And, you know, today it's like the, the line between work life and personal life, between family and colleagues is it's blurring. It is. It's blurring. I mean, I think about myself and it's like, oh my gosh, my wife is in the business. My mom is in the business. My dad is in the business. My sister-in-law is in the business. All my best friends are in the business. I mean, many of them have spouses that are in the business and it's just like, whoa. And, and, it, and that's not just us. We see that. Like so many, we, we, we coach a lot of, uh, one of the life stories we had here was a, um, you know, was a, was a husband wife team. And we just had the husband on, but this a couple of months ago that it was like a husband wife, they were both in coaching. We just had the husband on the show, but it's like, you see that a lot. Like, and you think of franchises and there's so many businesses where it's like, it's truly a, it's truly a family. And, and we should probably, or we could probably afford to run our businesses a little bit more like a family. And we could probably afford to run our families a little bit more like a business. So if you're intentional and you're looking out for the people, you're never going to lose, right? That is, that is service at its finest is if you can get outside of yourself and you can learn to really focus on, on taking care of others, you're always, always, always going to win. Well, that about wraps up the Action Catalyst podcast for this week. If you haven't yet, please log in to whatever your favorite medium is to listen to the show and both rate this podcast and leave a comment as that helps new prospective listeners determine if the show's really a good fit for them. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and screenshot this episode to share with your friends on social media. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst and subscribe to our video podcast on YouTube. Thanks for listening.